are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and here with the math legend from Danger Room is Jacob, aka Xavier Protocol. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Charles? I am doing well. It's been a little bit. I mean, it's been like a whole week since you last heard from me. I know. It's been a whole long week. It's been hard. I've been like looking forward to finishing up this uh this episode combination with you because obviously we talk too much to do it all within one episode (laughs) guilty as charged yeah you remember back when the game first came out we were trying to like pick crisis cards and stuff and it has gotten so much more complicated (laughs) since then i mean maybe i think in a way it's also got easier because you just go what are my three best crises and that becomes an easier decision point than "Hmm, what am i expecting to see in the meta of my third crisis that was always the trickiest one to pick so in, in a way, it's got a little easier, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's more the number of affiliations makes it harder because it's just like so many different things to factor in with each crisis. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, it's difficult not to get stuck in, into a matchup where you're disadvantaged. Yeah, after our secure episode, I've been diving deep into the thought process. Is there secure combinations that people sh- probably should be playing that are not? Um, there's a lot to just so much to absorb. I'm wondering if the listeners are going to get bored of all the crisis talk because this new, um, since the update, just like factoring in how the new crisis affects roster construction is extremely interesting to me. And I, I don't think it's a solved thing either. I think it's going to take a bit of time and experience for us to really get our heads around it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's hop into the extract. We're going to go through them. Uh, and again, the goal here is, um, Jacob and I are trying to pick not just ones that are like potentially okay on the crisis, but ones that would say if if your opponent has chosen this as well, like are you actually good at this extract, not just in a vacuum, um, which makes it very challenging. Um, did not get a lot of uh, negative feedback on the last one, so that's good. But we're going to hmm. start with we're going to start with senator um now for this one i did not think that there was any any sort of like build that really drew me to it but i thought the threat level is very interesting and there are teams that are fine at senators and actively get an advantage by being able to force 14 threat and so if your opponent picks secures and then you bring out senator you can trap someone into a 14 threat game and and gain an advantage that way. Um, and I thought Guardians in, in particular is one I've been noticing can make a really strong 14 threat team. And they can do something like Star-Lord, Groot, Rocket, plus a couple of additional threes. And like there's just a huge variety of badass threes to slot in there. But you could mix that up too. And you could do... Um, you could do Drax and Groot and then pick an unaffiliated two if you wanted... Like there's, there's a lot of options there. So I do think guardians brings a lot of pain there and they're just overall attrition ability with their leadership would make it. So other care, other teams running lots of threes or twos could easily start losing characters. Yeah. Um, and probably what you'd find is your opponent would only be able to go four wide. Most likely most, it seems like most people aren't really thinking about 14 and making sure they can go five wide. And then when you're thinking about deployment, given that you've got senators, where the senator is, is where the game is very often on this crisis. So you're probably going to force them to split two and two kind of 
in between the centre and the wide senators. And then if you check the wide senators first and it turns up there, then two of their characters are having to schlep over to wherever the game's going to end up actually being played. Yeah. And, I mean, you could also, with Guardians, you could easily be building a team that um, runs two twos so you can fit in a four, like Enchantress yeah. or something. If, like, you had a yeah. or Voodoo, someone that's, you know, going to specifically help you um, retrieve the senator from someone else. But that kind yeah. of uh, segues into, obviously, Avengers are good here, too. <laughs> Sam is yeah. a three-threat leader. Lots of great threes in Avengers. It would be pretty easy for them to build um, a really solid 14-threat team. And I even think Avengers at four characters can be kind of nutty here because you could have Sam pick your favorite three, like an Iron Man, Beast. Um, there's so many good threes in Avengers. And then still bring in two super powerful fours, like voodoo and black panther or something and just have an a plus 14 threat not just as a wide team i like both of those a lot Uh, another one who can do uh, i think we're going to see a lot more of the wide builds with this is x-men with the release of x23 and honey badger giving you that eight point core with storm so again they can build pretty wide and you've got storm's leadership to help you get up into the center so getting X-23 up there, for example, is going to be a pretty strong play, either to go and grab a senator or to go and stab someone who's just grabbed a senator. Yeah, I was just like, you can you can get X-23 all over the place in this. If you did something like Storm Beast X-23 plus stuff, you know, um, she's going to do she's going to do lots of murder on Senator. I could even potentially see Guardians or Avengers slotting in X-23. <laughs> Yeah, just to clarify, you're bringing beasts for the 50mm base, right? Yes, that would be a big part of it, yes. Cool. Um, like, and like he is three. an X-Men. I uh, like beasts. I mean, you might might have said, um, why aren't we going for more attrition-focused teams, given the, um, the, the defense debuff of Senator? But the trouble is, you also need the ability to get to where the senator is and your attrition focused teams are very often sort of um, tall and tall and narrow. So you a few high threat characters. And so if they're in the wrong place, that can be a really bad matchup for them. Yes. Uh, and I do think that guardians, Avengers and X-Men all do have reasonable attrition. They may not be like that a plus synergy attrition in the way that you imagine things from like black order, but I think individually they have a lot of characters that can, can still manage to one round a lot of other characters in the same threat value. Yep. Should we move on to Wakanda and Herb up to 15 threat? Uh, Let's do it. So uh, risk of sounding like a broken record. I'm going to have to pick up criminal syndicate here. Uh, They're they're great. (laughs) You're allowed. In particular, I've got to shout out black cat is a great carrier for the herb. Um, It's a long mover with a ability to place herself um, but then you're leveraging the extract side of the leadership really well in this as well. Uh, and it's a bit of a weird one because normally you think criminal syndicate, you want to accelerate as fast as you can to try and win round three or maybe round four. But they've got a pretty decent shot of actually scoring the herb. And quite often, even at 15, they can go pretty wide. So you might be going wider than your opponent. And it's pretty also pretty likely that if you're taking criminal syndicate, that you don't have priority. Because if you had priority with criminal syndicate, you're probably choosing secures. So you're likely to be activating last because you're probably going to be able to go as wide as your opponent. And you'll have the last activation from starting with not having priority. Yeah, I can absolutely see it. It's Herb has become a more and more interesting crisis. 
who do you like on them? Um, Dark Dimension in particular has started to scare me. Um, I forget which episode it was when someone pointed out just how far um, you can move Dormammu round one. Like, he's he's not just capable of scoring, but he is a lot harder to displace than your average character because Shuri can't push him. Most characters can't throw him because of his size. So the number of characters capable of moving him and your ability with Indomitable and um, Psychic Shielding Device, you could keep him on. Um, And so listeners, what I'm talking about here is the ability for, say, like, Medusa to have her um, hair flip, you know, online round one. You, um, We talked about it in another episode, but uh, Dormammu can score the herb right away, and he is a whole lot harder to move. Um, and so I thought that was worth mentioning here, where Dormammu can kind of trivially run a 15-threat team that can start scoring the herb right away. Yeah, and if you don't have a specific answer for that, then that's probably game over. Yeah, and it's like, well, if you're running Enchantress, you can, like, make things interesting, but I feel like a lot of 15-threat teams, like some of the stuff we were talking about with, like, the Avengers and Guardians and stuff, they may not be able to move him. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I have to get Voodoo up to 8 power so he can make Dormammu drop it. Yep. I guess another one that's got... uh really good game on it maybe not quite round one play although i think you can probably do it if you commit some tactics cards to it is brotherhood so this is we're really looking here at the combination of quicksilver and toad so the big thing with wakandan herb is your opponent can't take it away from you so you don't have to go for it with your first activations that allows brotherhood to get their power train rolling by having a character that's got a round one throw online throwing some terrain into some other terrain generating a bunch of power you put someone to Quicksilver uh, and then go with Magneto, start blowing stuff up, get another one onto Quicksilver. Then he can um, zip forward um, and grab, uh, interact maybe with eyes on the prize. Maybe you've got the power for that. There's a whole load of different uh, options you've got available to you. But the idea being you've got a move spare to move back with. Uh, your tactical analysis is another card that you could look at to help pull this off. But the idea being you get Quicksilver close enough that he can long move there with his superpower. Then he long moves with his actual move. And then maybe Toad's been got enough power now so that he can take the uh, finders keepers and take it off Quicksilver if he needed to. You're probably running mission objectives. There's a whole whole bunch of different scenarios, but they've got some just great characters who can run this kind of game plan. Well, and now with Juggernaut, um, he's such a great character. Just hold it. Like, even if you're not necessarily planning on scoring it right away, he, he can he can essentially double move while holding it because of his superpowers. And he likes the additional dice um, on his attack rolls. Um, and then at some point, if you're just like, Oh, well I killed the one character that can dislodge juggernaut. He will now, you know, do his juggernaut stuff and go start scoring it. Yeah. And then you've probably still got space for um, someone like Medusa again. So you can do a similar thing to what Tamami does. Cause again, she's going to get the power from the Magneto leadership. Yeah. Just realizing um, Magneto, Juggernaut, Medusa fits at 15. 15. (laughs) Oh, God, that's so awful. Jacob, why did we do this? I don't want to play against that. Should we move on to Research Station quickly? Yeah, let's move on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because this is going to be so much better. Um, (laughs) 
Okay. Well, um, I don't, I don't want to talk about Kingpin yet. So I'm going to talk about some other ones. Um, I still think this is potentially an A plus spot for Avengers. I don't think that changes. I think they're a team that can really easily gang up on the middle. It makes Avengers assemble, um, ridiculously valuable. Um, your ability to get in there and use that, that card by itself almost certainly means that you can score this over most affiliations. Mm. And um, I will say, if you, if you want to understand why research station is such a critical extract, we're not going to dive into it in detail, but I do recommend checking out the danger room episode that focuses on research station that came out somewhat recently. Um, if you really want to dive into like some of the, the various thoughts that you have to have surrounding this one, but again, back to Avengers um, it's easy to run various beams. That sort of team can still function. You just don't have um, uh, all you've got anymore, which is potentially fine. Um, They've got a lot of very durable characters that can gang up on the middle. Like the number of, four physical defense invulnerable characters that Avengers can slot in here is kind of silly. Um, there's a bunch of ways you can build it. I just think Avengers is, is going to be strong here and stay strong. Um, and I also think a force is worth mentioning. Um, they're a team that can get in the middle. They have a lot of uh, throws and movements online very quickly. Uh, they get a lot of extra power generation from people going with an attrition plan. And um, they've got their tactics card, that I'm forgetting the name of, but stops them from being um, moved. Was it stalwart determination or something like yep. that? Yep. Ha, remembered it. Okay. I do, I do like A-Force here. Who do, who do you like, Jacob? Well, well um, I really like black weight, no criminal syndicate. Um, <laughs> turns out when you've got a leadership that works really well on secures and there's an extract that behaves like a secure, that's pretty good. So um, they are probably the number one thing you've got to think about when you're taking research station. You've got to think, if I come up against criminal syndicate and uh, they not only do they get this horrible combination of they get to choose secures and suddenly I put down research station as well. And maybe that's like paired with, I don't know, gamma wave. That, That sounds like a bad day. Yeah. And I'll say one of the weird things with research station is a lot of time criminal syndicate, you would run into like a web warriors match and you're like, well, they just pull you off every secure. So you're never standing on it. That can get really awkward with research station because most of the web warriors pulls are towards. So as soon Mm. as they put a character there, it can be really awkward to start getting off, like to get one of their characters on and be able to do the, um, to do the web pulls. And so it it doesn't uh, some of the things that would normally dislodge criminal syndicate also don't work quite as well on on research station. Yeah, uh, so they're really good. I don't think we're breaking any any news here. <laughs> news: Criminal Syndicate is good at standing on secures. You heard it here, thirtieth. <laughs> um, okay. So let's move on to cubes. Who do you like for cubes, Jacob? Uh, cubes. I've got a, a spider foes are great on cubes. Um, the uh, well laid plans play with uh, Green Goblin and Doc Ock, making people drop cubes is beautiful, and it uh, adds a little bit of damage on top of the cube damage that's already going to they're going to be taking. It can really actually add up to quite a lot of damage. Um, yeah, spider foes are just great. Add in as well. Uh, you can trap one. 
So trap a middle one, for example, and be pretty sure that you're going to get that one, maybe at the cost of Lizard taking some damage or you know, something like that. But it, uh, yeah, they've got, they've got great game on this crisis. I agree, 100%. But you've got, uh, you've got one down here I want to hear more about. Tell me about X-Force on cubes. Yeah, I actually, so uh, uh, we've got a, we've got a local who's been playing a lot of X-Force. Um, I think Jacob, you might have a friend somewhere who's been playing a bit of X-Force. Um, uh, but I was recently... Yeah, but he's a scrub, so, you know, we're not talking about yeah. him. <laughs> um, and I was recently trying to help someone refine their X-Force roster a little bit. Um, and I actually recommended they put cubes back in. I felt like it, it's one that really does play to the X-Force game plan. You have so many, um, excessive healing characters that you can play a game where even if you don't get the center cube right away, that's okay because the two that you're going to grab are going to be on characters that heal back the damage. So they're just gaining power. And then a couple rounds down, your opponent could very easily have characters that have taken two damage. And so it's easier for you to continue with your attrition plan. And so you could have like Deadpool and X-23 both grab an extract or, you know, any note, like not that I support playing Wolverine, but in theory, it would still, it would still work here. Um, And then with having such a strong attrition team, you now have the ability to, you know, suddenly you're, your ability to just like one round enemy characters could really spiral out of control for them late in the game. And then when you start picking up all of their cubes, it, it can become a pretty big deal. Um, uh, I know X force still needs a lot more exploration to see where they're going long-term, but this is one where I do think they could legitimately get an advantage, even going second. Hmm. Uh, I've got a third affiliation that I want to bring up, and I, I'm going to circle back here again. Uh, this is a <laughs> more explanation, though, and that's Criminal Syndicate once again. Uh, I think they're really good on cubes, and I think the the reason, and this is um, a bit of a utility cookie who's been helping me out with this, and I've, I've seen the light on it, um, is you often, you've got bullseye, uh, in this has kind of changed since Bullseye's become two threats. He's become a staple into Criminal Syndicate. And Bullseye's yeah. really good at controlling the amount of damage someone takes because you can pretty reliably do one damage. Either you like your four dice attack is pretty likely to do zero or one. And if you do zero, then you get to do one, which is great. So you can really carefully put people on, right? You're holding one cube. I'm going to leave you on one health left so that you daze next round. Combine that with potentially Juggernaut coming in. We're still not sure if he's Criminal Syndicate affiliated, but even if he's not, Criminal Syndicate's going to play him a bunch. And he's also got the ability to do exactly one damage with his I run into you and you take a damage power. Combine that with all according to plan so that on the turn when two of your guys are falling down from cube damage in the power phase, I also steal priority and go and hoover up those cubes or I go and daze two other characters suddenly I'm scoring five cubes and like four secures. That's nine threat, nine BPs I'm scoring in that turn. And I just win that round. That's like round three, round four. I just win. Yep. Um, I also think it's worth mentioning that um, Kingpin obviously often has a throw online and that can be another way to get, you know, get individual points of damage exactly where you want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, being able to control it to the point i mean it, it takes some skill and some practice and a bit of planning but uh that, that feels really strong yeah of course those will be the situations where bullseye pops off and just like kills people 
which maybe then you don't mind about that either. You know, it's like yeah. win-win. <laughs> when you're like, well, if Bullseye just KOs people, that's also, I guess, works. <laughs> when you're two threats doing that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I like yeah. it. And I do think there's some um, added synergy here, as we were just talking about with X-Force and their ability to not be suffering the long-term effects of Cube softening up their characters. I have been very annoyed on occasions playing against Criminal Syndicate on Cubes and having Crossbones and Kingpin just keep um, negating the damage from Cubes so they're not building up any um, health loss. Um can also be very interesting here. Hmm. How about scrolls and how do you feel about scrolls? Scrolls. I mean, scrolls fits into like one of the, one of the extracts that I feel like it's the easiest to build a team that is totally fine going second or like not having priority, getting to choose extracts and now actively having an advantage. And that's not because you're great at going and picking up a scroll but you're great at murdering anyone who comes into the middle of the table and the scrolls make it very hard for you to get to the scroll and then like get away. Um, And so I think here black order is really kind of the king shit of this. You, you really can't get away from Thanos plus um, cosmic portal plus Mindstone. There are only a few characters that potentially can even like negate one of them. Um, and so that's something I'd be keeping in mind in future rosters is who is hard for Thanos to pull in. But man, Black Orders feels so good on this. Um, the only weird thing is now if you're running, if you go with the eight threat Thanos and Corvus, you're at uh, 13. So you can't run Proxima here, but yeah, there's so many great least... fours. Yeah. Voodoo, Rogue. You, there's some Medusa. There's a lot of interesting fours you could run in that spot, but you just have to think about that in your roster if you run eight threat Thanos. Mm. So Black Orders, Black Orders, solid here. Yeah, and I guess in a similar vein, Brotherhood. Uh, it's just another. I want to punch you. I'm probably not gonna bother interacting with the extract, and if you do, then I'm gonna get my big hitters in there fast with uh, Asteroid M. So you probably save those. Uh, teleporty crisis cards until the scroll's been found, and then you bring in someone, a heavy hitter, to go and take it off them. Yep. Um, so I suppose as a third one, um, this is a solid spot for Midnight Suns. Um, you might consider running some characters that are specifically good at pulling people in if you're going to run this one. So Gwen has natural synergy in Suns because of the leadership and how it interacts with her attacks. She could help you pull someone in. Doctor Strange can obviously help pull someone in. Um, but I also like that it'd be a little easier for a, a, a Midnight Sun to get away with the scroll because the short move isn't as big of a deal when you also potentially get a bump afterwards. Um, yep. So if you did play something like Angela and you walked up in the middle and got it right away, you can still short move away and bump away. Yeah. Yeah, and again, so, Midnight Suns have got that a sort of attrition-focused game plan, so having the lower VP count helps towards that as well. Yep, and and their leadership is a is a movement thing that doesn't care if you have an extract. Um, so lots of lots of things about um, Midnight Suns goes well here. Uh, let's see who we got next. Montessi formula. Okay, I quite this one's a tricky one. We have to think a bit about this one. Uh, and the one that I came down on was 
Asgard. I think Asgard are pretty good here. Uh, they've got a lot of physical attacks and they don't have much uh, in the way of access to energy. So picking up that uh, energy attack is actually pretty good for them. Uh, and you've got an in affiliation Angela who can go and steal the middle one and move away top of one or who can really punish someone else who moves up and can't move away for going to get that central book. So uh, if you can go to one up on extracts and then sit on two secures, they're having to bring the game to you, which means it's saving you actions and it's going gonna, it's gonna to play into a really solid setup. Um, you could have made an argument for uh, Amazing Spider-Man doing a similar thing, but I just think as, uh, Angela does it better, particularly the with or without priority way of looking at it. So if, if if you don't have priority and someone goes and grabs that center one, I think Angela's got a better slap down than uh, Amazing Spider-Man does. Yeah, six Largely. dice and a dice for a throw. Yeah, seems good. Uh, so I, I like that setup. And then, like I said, access to NG attacks for an affiliation, which doesn't have, particularly have good NG attacks. Uh, and it tends to have decent energy defense. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Asgard there a lot. It wasn't this was a hard one to pick for. Um, which yeah. might be that we talked about it a bit in the bonus episode for the last one, like which ones are kind of the most um, moderated. What's the word I used before? The ones that are like kind of the most difficult for you to truly gain an advantage in. Mm. And maybe Montessi formula is might actually be that extract. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but I do think Cabal here, both sides of Cabal potentially likes Montessi formula as Red Skull, if you give energy attack, like it gets an interesting attack for you to give to crossbones and he can still generate power out of it with red skulls leadership. There's lots of random characters that just wouldn't mind gaining access to a beam. Um, and then on the sin side of it, again, you could still have crossbones, pick it up, but she can make people drop it because it's, um, it's an asset, not a civilian. So it's a good one for the sin leadership. Um, and it also keeps things relatively close together for your attrition plans. Um, I think I think Cabal's just solid here. Um, not necessarily amazing, but a good pick. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's worth just re-focusing uh, on how we went about thinking about this. We said, given that you are playing Montessi, who is the best affiliation to go with? So it's not necessarily we think, oh, if you're playing Cabal, you should absolutely play Montessi. But we kind of looked, flipped that round and looked at it the other way around so that when you're building your roster, you're thinking, where can I maybe try and get an advantage over other affiliations based on who I'm playing? Yeah, which is an important distinction. It may sound like the same thing, but it can be different because sometimes you're like, well, I'm really good at demons, but I'm not the best at demons. Yeah. And so, sometimes you have to look at things and go, well, who, what things am I better at than the other affiliations? And that can be a hard, hard thing because you have to have a certain amount of practice with the other affiliations to know. Um, and often it's really marginal. You know, and this third one we're going to talk about, there's, there's a, some micro synergies um, which might add up to make a difference or might have make no difference at all. Um, and that's that's with Wakanda. So there's a couple of uh, nice little things that go on here. One, you've got uh, another zero-cost attack, which can work with your Wakanda Forever. Um, so that's that's a nice synergy. I mean, that's true for Midnight Suns as well. But what uh, the reason we went for Wakanda over Midnight Suns here was it gives Shuri a really good attack when she wants to actually deal some damage at range rather than just plink people and push them around. 
And there's going to be probably a point in the game where you're like, man, Shuri's going to have to do something. She's got to save my bacon here. And you're having giving her a six dice energy attack seems like a good way to do that. Yep, absolutely. And it gives a Koye a five dice attack. Uh, yeah. Or is it six dice? Yeah, it's, it's six dice, but yeah, it doesn't get her reroll anymore, sadly. Yeah. Uh, McCoy is the best character in the game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, that one feels, like, marginal, but there's a couple of little nice things there. Um, yeah. Um, Black Panther, if he beams, he can do Mantle of the King and get rerolls on every beam. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's not that's not awful. Um, so, yeah, there's... And there's... You might, might get a couple of uh, kill count tokens on Killmonger if you get a couple of weakens down people for him today's or KO. Yeah, yeah, if he you can do the beam twice, right? There's no restriction on how many times you yep. can use it. Yeah. It would be interesting if he because he would get focused on the kill on the second round of beams on everyone. Ooh, yeah. And it works with charge as well. So he can charge in and then do it. Yeah. Charge, beam three people. So he gets the six dice beam on all three. And then the second one he would get eight dice beams on all three of them. <laughs> And anyone who he managed to daze with the first one would have generated a re-roll for the other attacks. Oh, that's even better because you could gain the... You're like, oh, well, that person's at one, so I'm going to attack them first yep. to get my focus on the kill to get re-rolls. Oh, man. This, is, this got better and better the more we talked about it. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's fun. Um, the, the thing there, though, is it's only a 3VP extract, and quite a lot of the time Wakanda wants to play a fast game and would probably rather have more VPs on the board, which kind of plays into this, what we were talking about. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the first one that comes to mind when you think, what's the best for Wakanda? But when you're thinking, who's best on Montessi? Maybe some of those micro synergies add up to being something significant. Yeah. And I think there's a future for Wakanda being more of a mixed um, displacement yeah. plus aggro affiliation. And this could be one that like, oh, when you get it, you flex a little bit differently. Like your roster yeah. changes and some of your strategies change a little bit to being a, a, maybe a bit more offensive. Just a, just a little tidbit to drop in here. Uh, if you haven't tried Wakanda with a Thanos just as one character slot, uh, maybe give that a go. It's good, it's good fun, <laughs> if nothing else. I I have certainly liked it. It it gets really crazy with how easily you could burn someone down. Um, yeah. Black Panther getting additional dice on an attack roll and then explodes, and then you get to activate Thanos last if you've dazed someone. You know it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm with you. Of so, similar minds, Jacob. But shall we? Um, okay. Move on to Spider Infected. Yes, let's do Spider Infected. Um, okay, so I want to say. Uh, I want to shout out to spider foes here. Um, I know we've they've come up a little bit, but this is one with um, hit and run on Goblin um, and with access to well-laid plans. And then we've already mentioned you could potentially um, um, drop the bomb on the middle one. There's a lot of interesting play here where I think spider foes can get an advantage even when they're going second on this one. Um, and they've, with the right mix of characters, you're not as impacted by the movement and you've got a fair amount of like ranged attacks. And so anytime someone else gets moved by this spider infected, you can often take pretty good advantage of it. So I, I like spider foes here quite a bit. Yep. No, no argument from me. Um, um, who else do you slot in Jacob? 
Oh, uh, Captain's, Captain Sam. Uh, Sam Spam is going to... This is what they always wanted. Whenever you saw Sam Spam in the old meta, they always, if they could get spider infected, they'd be rubbing their hands with glee. Um, and they've got, they're able to go wide, so they've got extra characters to carry spiders who can hang around as being like derpy twos at the back who are just sitting on a point with a spider in scoring two VPs a game. You've got people, uh, you've got the built-in movement mechanics so that you can, out of activation, move someone to try and ameliorate the move that you might get from the spider. And it's also five VPs so that they can suddenly have a runaway score, which they're definitely capable of doing. So th- there's a whole load of reasons why they like it. Yep, for sure. And to no one's surprise, Web Warriors is also very good here. They tend to run a very wide team, so they like more extracts, especially ones where um, individual characters can only hold one of them. So it's kind of perfect for them. They also, there's a lot of things that don't interact with civilians, like Sin's leadership. Um, and Quicksilver can't steal a civilian with his, uh, can I borrow that? Um, and so I think it's a it's a favorite amongst web warriors. They have lots of ways to get back into position if the spider infected moves them. They've got additional defense dice to help out um, and lots of stealth. So even if they get moved forward, it may not matter. Um, it's a it's a great one for web warriors. Yeah, agreed. That was that was probably the easiest one to do. Yeah, that one that one was yeah almost certainly the easiest. All right, so well, shall we move on to hammers? Yeah, which is one of the hardest ones to do. Yeah, so oh God, yes! I'm glad that you get the yeah. You can start this one because this one was awful. Yeah. yeah, like everyone, everyone's good on hammers. So this is really hard to judge, and I, I don't have a strong feeling. I, I'm not convinced we're right on this. If if someone came and said you guys are just wrong about spider infected, I would argue all day long. If they say we're wrong about hammers, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. So take this one with a pinch of salt. But there are some things which are uh, well-established as being good. And one of the ones I like is A-Force. And we talked before about how uh, you could have a setup a play where Angela can either go and get a middle or go and threaten a middle. And so you can set up an Angela on a wide side and have um, somebody else like uh, Crystal or someone who can drop off She-Hulk to go and get a hammer uh, early doors or at least threaten to punch someone who comes to get that hammer. Meanwhile, Angela is threatening the other flank, and you can quite easily um, bully your opponent into giving you a 3-1 lead on extracts with hammers on all the characters who want to throw lots of dice. So that feels really good. So, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm looking here for good synergies that tie in that are also, um, that make sense to me. And I feel like I like A-Force here. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. Um, one of the interesting things was is I think we come at things just a little bit different where I don't think most people are good at hammers. I think most affiliations don't actually like hammers. It's a fun crisis, but there's like, there's so many times, like say, for instance, Midnight Suns, you'd think, oh, well, they get, you know, get the extra dice. They're a very attrition oriented affiliation. But if I... If I end up picking up hammers on two or three of the suns, I might end up in spots where suddenly I don't have the power generation for um, Siege of Darkness at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it can be wonky where there's a trade off. I'm just like, ah, I'm not sure I love this. And sometimes with an attrition affiliation, I'd also don't necessarily love giving my opponent an increased ability to attrition myself because it makes things a bit more explosive. Um so I actually think most people don't like hammers from a strategy perspective, from a fun perspective, it's different. Um, but I think dark dimension is super scary here. 
Um, it's really easy for Dormammu to get two hammers in a single activation, even if you're going second. Yep. And having Dormammu at eight dice really starts spinning things out of control. You're like, at six dice, his his sap, he's not a builder. It's not even a gainer. It's just his his uh, his hex bolt or whatever, shadow bolt. Um, but man, when that thing is hitting eight dice and he's getting the crits and counting skulls, like, it, then Having you're just, you start, yeah, you start yeah. getting into the spot where it's actually not that crazy for him to one-shot people and potentially daze two people in a single activation. And so th- it's really easy for things to spiral out of control um, against Dark Dimension on hammers. And so the fact that you have, you know, your two hammers on two different characters and one of them is probably going to die very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I think Dark Dimension just gets real scary here. So that's one where I actually would choose to bring hammers. Mm, yep, I can see that. Um, so you've got Guardians listed here, and I can kind of see that, but I'm interested to dig into your thoughts as to why you've got Guardians here. Yeah, again, this was a hard one. So this is not a hill that I'm ready to die on. But I was thinking that guardians does tend to build up power a little bit easier and so the additional cost on tactics cards isn't as critical um for instance if i were to pick up a hammer on say rocket and have it be protected with groot right i find it's not that crazy for rocket to get the power to still deadly duo and so he's not hurting quite as much by the penalty um because you know, I don't jump to his spender as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing can apply to Star-Lord. It can be really easy for him to um, spike high on one attack. And then really the only thing he's spending power on is either his spender or hit and run. Um, and so having that potential extra cost on tactics cards doesn't hurt as much. Um, but again, you can be a really wide team. Um, I think it's pretty easy to fit in Hulkbuster into Guardians, which can do the same thing that Dormammu does and pick up two hammers on a pretty durable character. Um, uh, listeners, if you haven't heard us talk about this before, it's the um, 65 millimeter base can start off within range one of one hammer and then with a medium move, double move and be in range to pick up another one. No cards required. Yeah. Um, but I... I'm open for discussion here. I don't necessarily think Guardians is the king shit of hammers, but I think there's there one where I legitimately feel like I wouldn't feel bad taking it as one of mine, as I think it would be hard for someone to be better at it. Yeah. Um, I think it's tricky, and you could yeah. throw out all sorts of suggestions here. I mean, you could say uh, Criminal Syndicate, they can pass hammers around. I can whack you with a hammer and pass it to someone else who can whack you with a hammer. Uh there's, there's there's some other cute things you can do with hammers, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, mean we, I don't, we I don't hate that either. Here, yeah, as good ways of getting up, getting a hammer, and getting away. Um, convocation could potentially be one, but they also yeah. have so many great tactics cards, and they're, you know, does that does that ever mess things up when suddenly you can't play the right tactics card at the right time? Yeah. I mean, Avengers with Ancient One is a really cute play if you've not seen that one before. Um, under Steve's leadership, she can portal up, portal herself up, move once, grab a hammer, and walk away. And she gets scary when she's got a hammer on her. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you there at all. Um, I mean, Sam just in general having a hammer makes it a lot easier for him to get off his push. Yeah. Um, 
And sure. yeah, it makes you, yeah, there's more extracts around. So there's more attacks going into characters holding extracts. So he's more likely today. So you want to trigger the leadership. I will say I've had a lot of fun with uh, Angela, especially on this crisis where, um, where I might have someone like Ronan actually go get the first hammer. Like if I end up going first or if they don't immediately get one where I'll have Ronan grab it. Cause he can be kind of a scary character to try to go daze. Cause he could move away and drop the hammer before you get to pick it up and drop it out mm-hmm. of range of you because of his accuser ability. Um, and leave Angela and go, are you sure? Go ahead, pick up that hammer, especially mm-hmm. when I get to choose sides and be like, well, I'm going to have Angela be on the side with the size four. And so if you go pick it up, then I get it, you know, hit you. I have two re-rolls on the attack and I can chuck that terrain into you. And so there's a lot of characters that she can still just one shot and drop the hammer. Then she gets the hammer and then <laughs> does crazy things. Yeah. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's probably enough on uh, enough on hammers. So let's talk legacy virus. Um, so big shout out to Sam here, um, who you know taught us the ways of Inhumans. They this is like their crisis. I think if you're playing Inhumans, I would almost like start with legacy virus as part of your plan because they really do feel crazy good at it. It's really easy for them to use the leadership to fund all of the steel powers on like Black Cat or Enchantress. Um, And so getting access to the one that your opponent gets, having Ronin with the power gem and eyes on the prize being able to get two right away. And then you can almost immediately move him to safety with Lockjaw um, or Medusa potentially. they just they kind of just stack all sorts of interesting synergies for this. Um, this definitely seems like an inhuman crisis to me. Yeah, and it's it's really good. If you haven't looked into what inhumans do on this, there's a really good um, video where Sam plays in uh, season six. Uh, he plays one of the top cut games. They're all on Roster Doctor's got a playlist of all the season six top cut games. So go and go and find that and have a quick look. It's it's, it's a TTS game that's done in about an hour. That, that tells you quite a lot. <laughs> that tells you something special. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's over to me to mention my favorite people to mention Criminal Syndicate because they're able to pass around the viruses. So you, if you're able to get them, you can get them onto a character who's good at running away or good at not dying and st- stack them up so that you can then cash them in for that sweet, sweet eight VPs. Um, so they, they seem like they've got an innately inherently good ability here on, um, on legacy virus. I was also just thinking kind of a, a side synergy in here is that you could pass it around to specifically remove status effects. Yeah. I guess it's kind of yeah right because it's at the start of your activation, uh, or no at the, the end, end of its activation it, it may remove one. Um, so I guess that's not quite as cool because you you can't remove one on yourself and then pass it. Um, yeah, yeah, but there's still situations where that's going to be useful. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, it's still it's still certainly certainly a good option for them. I've heard people say it can be kind of trivial to score it sometimes with Criminal Syndicate. Yeah, I mean, I suspect their opponent hasn't really taken on board what the other half of the Criminal Syndicate leadership is because it doesn't come up anywhere near as much as the the secure side of it. Um, 
so maybe that's a little bit of an experience is what causes that. I, I have to say against players, I, I haven't seen it been easy to score against the players who've experienced playing against Grimm Syndicate a few times at yeah. least. All right. The third one we have here is Black Order. And this was another one that we were both wavering on a little bit. Um, part of why I liked Black Order here is um, I feel like there are times if you're running eight threat Thanos that sometimes the math is a little bit easier at 19. And whereas I'm not necessarily convinced that they're the best at legacy virus, because I do think criminal syndicate and inhumans are better, but maybe there are situations where you feel like the odds of you facing inhumans or criminal syndicate is low enough that even if you had to pick extracts, the 33% chance that you get legacy virus against them is small enough that you're not concerned. Um, I do think it's an interesting threat value for them and they do have a lot of ability to hunt down the people who get the, um, the legacy virus. And so it's, it's still solid for them. Was there anything you wanted to add on that? Cause I know this was one we kind of added somewhat yeah, last minute. Here's my kind of laying out why I think it's not awful for black order. Um, and this is kind of the opposite way around to what we've done before, where we've gone, who's best on Legacy Virus? This is kind of why might I want to take Legacy Virus with Black Order? And that's, I mean, the traditional extracts for Black Order are Scrolls and Alien Ship. But you sometimes get games, um, like the worst thing to happen for Black Order is for on round one, somebody on like one edge of the board, whichever edge is furthest away from wherever you happen to have moved Thanos and Corvus, uh, somebody on the far edge, goes last on round one and finds the the creep power core or finds the scroll and suddenly you're like oh i've got to get all my guys over there that's like the worst case scenario for black order on those crises and so sometimes that's almost an instant game loss depending on exactly the state before and so some competitively minded players might go i don't want to put myself in a situation where i can just lose that game to that dice roll so maybe i'm not going to take those crises in which case what else am i left with well i want low scoring crises um that uh i can i can leverage and maybe legacy virus is one of those simply because there's only three vps available and you're just trying to limit the scoring of your opponent um, and they're all in the middle, so he's having to commit people to to the middle to go and get them, um, probably at least two people, or, the, or at least one, so that you can then try and take advantage of that. So I think if you're going, I don't want to play the um, the single priority extract game for the risk of just straight up losing sometimes. I think this is a decent, this is, this is the one I would go to instead of those crises for Black Order. I think that's I think that's totally fair. And 19 threat for eight threat Thanos feels like the perfect threat, yeah, right? You get Corvus means... and Proxima, and you get to slot in your Zemo or whoever else is your your other yeah, your, your techie three. three. Yeah, uh, maybe it's Black Cat. Like, there's some interesting options there, and it's really easy for Thanos with space. So, like, even if you have someone go up into the middle and they get um, a Legacy Virus you can still potentially um, use the space stone and stuff to like get them away from people. Um, and so if someone goes up and they try to position Enchantress, like they double move her and set her up for like a round two steal, um, you can get them out of the way. Um, so just yep. so, some interesting tech there. there. Okay. Well, shall we move on to alien ship? Yeah. I wonder who we could be talking about first here. 
<laughs> Crazy. Who do you want to talk about, Jacob? Uh, I want to talk about convocation. Is who I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, we can leave leave the more obvious ones till later. Uh, but convocation again. This kind of plays in. Uh, there's there's two who I think are, are really good at this, and the, the, we kind of went back and forth a little bit on the third, and we went with convocation in the end. And we could have you could have had Midnight Suns here. The rationale being it's a attrition focused uh, affiliation. They want to do damage to you, and they've got quite expensive characters. So having the twenty threat available gives you options to build. Gives you many more options to build and tailor your team a little bit more than the lower threat values tend to at convocation so simply because of the game plan plus threat was where i ended up with convocation here yeah that seems that seems reasonable um there is an interesting thing i'm not sure you'd want to do it but dr strange is capable with eyes on the prize of interacting with two of the alien ship spots round one uh, I, um, I agree. I'm not sure you want to do that. It paints a massive target on his head, and there's already a pretty big target on there. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you have room for the tactics card either, but it's it's an <laughs> option. It's a whole other issue. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will go with the classic. I, I think in a lot of ways, this is the ultimate crisis for Black Order. It's probably the one I've enjoyed playing them on the most. Obviously, when you go to 20 threat, you obviously start getting some pretty big, powerful stuff out of your opponent and it helps them build to some powerful synergies as well. But it's kind of the perfect crisis because it gives you a slow extract. There's only one. And if your opponent goes for it, they're almost certainly taking a damage for doing it, which Mm. then builds into your plan as well, where scrolls, if they go up and get it, they don't necessarily take an immediate disadvantage. But if someone round one goes for an alien ship, they usually can't make that attack. So they take a damage and they're stuck in the middle. Not um, only that, but if you've got one of those middle extract grabbers like an Angela or an Amazing Spider-Man, on a scroll, they can still short move back because they're still allowed to make two move actions. But with Alien Ship, because you're limited to only one move action, you're just stuck in the middle. So it doesn't matter yes. that you make, were able to get there in a single action. Yeah, so it totally negates that part of the advantage. And so it just kind of plays to their strengths. And... If you do end up interacting, like if your opponent is ignoring it, at certain points you can have Corvus go for it, and he has twice the odds of getting it with the uh, the skull counting as a crit. Yep. But uh, sorry, I, I guess... don't do that as often. I used to do that way back in the day. I was like, oh, Corvus is good at finding these. But now I'm just like, let my opponent find them so I can just murder it, getting it get it that way. I think it's situational and I think you've got to look carefully at your power economy because Corvus's power economy is what he lives and dies by. Um, if, it's, if it's the difference between him getting off that glaive's edge or not getting off that glaive's edge, then you, you're better off banking that power. However, having said that, if he's just murdered someone and sitting there on 10 power, it's probably not a bad investment. Yeah, I think I might do it now and maybe something like, say you're playing Infinity Formula and your opponent hasn't moved towards the middle of the board at all, and they're kind of like focusing on secure and building up power, there might be a certain activation where you're like, well, I'm not willing to just throw Corvus into their little like cuddle puddles of dudes that are sitting back there, but I might be willing to go grab the extract and then start winning that way and force them to come to me. Mm. Um, yep. That might be, might be an option. Definitely a line of play you should have when you're playing Black Order is thinking, actually, can I get ahead on scenario and make them come to me? Because that, that's a great spot to be in. <laughs> yes. Um, and some people get scared enough from Black Order that you got to recognize when that's the right play. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, so what's to... our last one, Jacob? Yeah, round it out. So 20 threat, likes punching things. Sounds like She-Hulk to me. That's A-Force. Um, so I think, again, it's it's very similar to complication. It's a combination of threat value and, um, and play style. I, I guess you could have put Brotherhood in there uh, for a similar reason. They've got, you know, six threat Magneto, um, and maybe they're maybe they're even slightly better than A Force. I could I could totally see that because they've got the ability to redeploy whenever they need it. So whenever the alien, whenever the Creekor gets found, then they can get Magneto over there pretty trivially. So I, I guess you could argue the toss either way on that. But those high cost leaders who want to punch things, it's, it's a good crisis for them. Yeah, I agree. And you know, just whenever you can kind of run all the things that an affiliation wants and a force can often benefit like they can really easy run like all a force characters um where you know four out of five really easily which makes stalwart determination a lot of the secures really dumb and so they they can be one that just gets better and better at the higher threat values mm. when you're able to tailor your list a little bit more bring in the the, the, the utility pieces that you need yeah, sometimes when you're playing at the medium threat levels and you're like, oh, well, I'd like to have this character, but then I can't include this character. Yeah. Um, A4s can often really get all everything that it wants. And when you have, like, Angela dropping off She-Hulk and then still have, like, a well-rounded other three characters, it it can feel really powerful. Yep. Okay, well, that kind of that wraps them all up. This was hard, Jacob. This was surprisingly difficult when I when I pitched this idea to you. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to pick these. Yeah, but I think it's been interesting, and it's a good experiment to do. Um, and maybe it will give some people a new light. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we're going to see Wakanda rosters out there running Montessi formula because I think Agro Wakanda is underexplored, so maybe that's a good way to go. Well, and I will tell you, after the the first episode where we did the secures, um, I started testing um, X-Men with the Peta Flips, which kind of was prompted from this this episode idea. And I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, and I ended up playing Jean on Deadly Meteors. I think I like Spider Portals for them a little bit better. But uh, she did work. <laughs> I was really um, surprised. I hadn't played a game with her, and I was surprised how much I liked her in that situation. And the idea kind of came from this this process of going, well, who could do well on which crisis? Yeah. Um, you need to get some video evidence of that and send it over to Sploosh. <laughs> well, I don't think I'll ever convince Cruz Sploosh to play pay to flips, no matter how <laughs> much video evidence. Yeah, maybe not. That's just not his style. I think when you want... an and I think that's one of the things that this brings us back to the core point in here when you're when you're choosing the crisis cards. Um, I think players, you, you have two essential aesthetics that bring you to the table. And there's affiliations and characters that you like and play styles that you like. And in a lot of ways, the crisis kind of dictates the play style almost a bit more than the affiliation. And so I think when players find a crisis combination that they enjoy and an affiliation that they like that's good at those crises is where they have the most fun and have the most success. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people take an affiliation like say X-Men who are not great at playing like the down the middle synergy attrition on demons and that sort of thing. And if you try to mix those two together, you don't end up with good success. And so I think you gotta, you gotta find both pieces that connect well. Um, 
And that's probably, I think, is probably the biggest mistake that individual players make that prevents them from both enjoying that affiliation and enjoying MCP. I think you're, you're dead right there. All right. Well, um, wanna I know, again, I'm sure all my listeners know where to find you, but do you want to do a quick shout out to uh, where people can find your stuff? I would love to. Uh, so you can find me, my podcast uh, at the, the Danger Room from your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and you can find my blog at xavier-protocols.com. Perfect. And absolutely check out both. I listen to Danger Room religiously. Try to check out the articles whenever I see my Twitter notifications. Tell me that you posted one. So, you know, you know, I'm an Xavier fanboy. <laughs> well, I'm an Omnus fanboy as well. And the worst part about being on the cast is I don't have an Omnus protocol to listen to that week. Oh, I know. I know. That was like when uh, I keep going back through the Danger Room and I'm like, wait, a minute, why is there an episode I haven't listened to? I'm like, oh, that was my Asgard app. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. All right, listeners. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up here. And I'm going to say the most OP thing that you can do is play in humans on Legacy Virus because that's A+. Peace.